You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day and Happy Senior Sunday and um, Happy Summer coming along the way, huh? It's good to be here today. I uh, I loved the picnic, the cookout uh, last Sunday. I thought it was great. Hands down, best part about it the whole night was just getting to work through the crowd and just get to meet people and talk to people and chat. We never seem to have enough time. I was leaving an event at Southern Nazarene University on Friday. And I got home and I said to my wife, Annette, I said, man, it is so nice being a part of this church and this Bethany community and the university and, and just to be a part of people who love God and who love one another, it's, it's a great place to live and to, um, and to exist. I, I often think to myself when I think about the blessing of this church, what does God want to do with our future? And often when I pray, I feel like God says to me, Rick, you have no idea. You cannot even begin to grasp what I'm going to do through the ministry of this church in this community. So man, Kyle, when we were singing a while ago about the city and there is so much more to be done in the city, I'm anxious to see what God is going to do. Almost every day or two, I hear about somebody whose life is being changed, somebody who wants to be baptized, somebody who is growing in their journey with God. And I'm just catching glimpses every day of my life of what God is doing here. And, um, and I'm excited about our future together. Well, Let's get busy this morning with uh, scripture, okay? Let me, let me begin by asking you a question, pretty simple question, and uh, see if you can answer it for me, okay? What, what are the most important things in your life? In other words, when you think about what really matters to you, what really matters? So you're, you're probably looking at me saying, what do you want? You want me to make a list? Yeah, I want you to make a list, if you don't mind. What would you put on the list if you said, these are the things that really matter to me. These are the things that I value. These are the things that I deem important in life. What what would they be? So I'll go out on a limb and I will say that many of you would say, okay, Rick, if I'm going to make a list, I'm going to put God on top of the list. I mean, here we are sitting in church on Sunday morning. If I'm going to make a list of saying what's important, I would say God is the most important thing in my life. God is the most important person in my life. So I'm going to put him at at the top, number one. And then what would you put number two? I got a feeling most of you would say, well, I'm going to put like others, family, friends, whatever. Others are going to be number two. And then number three, four, five. What, What else goes on the list? So where do you put stuff like, um, leisure? How important is football? In the state of Oklahoma, football is pretty important, right? So where do you put stuff like uh, the Oklahoma Thunder? Is that pretty high on the list? Should we just stop right now where we're at and just breathe a word of prayer for the Thunder? Do they, <laughs> do they need prayer this morning? What about money? Is money on the list? How high on the list is money? So it's not just an issue of what is on the list, but is there a correct order to the list? And that rhetorical question is loaded. Because I want to take you to the Gospel of Luke this morning, chapter 8, beginning with verse 11, where Jesus implies that some people really struggle 
to get their list in the right order. And I really think what Jesus is saying in this passage is that there are some people who really have a hard time getting that list in the right order, the things that are important, the things that matter. So let's go to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8. I'm going to begin reading to you with verse 11 in just a moment. What, What is happening is that Jesus is traveling from town to town and village to village, and he's proclaiming the news of the kingdom of God. The 12 disciples are with him. And there's a very large crowd that gathers. And he says to them, let me, tell you a, let me tell you a story. And he says, there was a farmer. And the farmer goes out to scatter his seed. And so as he scatters the seed, some of the seed fall along the path. And Jesus says, the seed on the path didn't do very well. It was trampled on, people walked on it. And then the birds came and they ate the rest of it. He says, then there was some other seed and it fell on the the rocky soil. But the roots never, ever really got moisture. And so it died. He said there was some other seed and it fell among thorns and weeds. And the plants tried to grow, but as they tried to grow, they were choked out by the thorns and the weeds and they didn't produce anything. He says, but then there was this other seed and it fell on some really good, rich, fertile soil. And it produced a crop, maybe a hundred times more than was sown. And so the disciples kind of scratched their head when they listened to Jesus tell this story. And they said, "Okay, we hear your story about the seed that falls on the on the path and the seed that falls on the rocky soil and the seed that falls on the with the thorns and, and the seed that falls on the good soil. But but tell us, Jesus, what does it mean? And so, verse 11, here's what Jesus says. This is the meaning of the parable. You see, the seed, well, that's the Word of God. And those along the path are the ones, so the seed represents people, who hear, and then the devil comes and he takes away the Word from their hearts so they do not believe. And be saved. And those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in times of testing, they fall away. And the seed that fell among the thorns, it stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries and riches and pleasures. I think you heard it, but I think I should say it again. They hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And they don't mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, they produce a good crop. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. I remember years ago hearing James Dobson tell a story about his kids one night at a family night wanting to play board game together. And he said, I was kind of excited because we really hadn't played a game as a family for a long time. 
And so I was glad to sit down at my kitchen table with my wife and my two kids and play a game together. Said the game they wanted to play was Monopoly. I was pretty excited about it too because I hadn't played Monopoly in years. And he said, as we began to play Monopoly, I was doing extremely well. He said, I was also flaunting my well-doing because I was putting money behind my ears and it was hanging out of my shirt's pockets. I even had it stuffed in my shoes. Money was just everywhere. I was not a very good or sensitive winner. And he said, finally, the game is over and I have won the whole thing. And he says, my kids and my wife said, since you've been such a poor sport, we're just going to let you put the game up by yourself. So all my family gets up and they go to bed. And he said, as I began to put that game up, I had something come over me that was overwhelming. It was maybe one of the emptiest feelings I've ever felt in my life. And he said, in that moment, God spoke to me. And it seemed to me as if God was saying to me, James, if you will listen to me, I will teach you something. This is what life is like. You work and you accumulate and you gain and you build and you acquire. And then one of these days, life is over in a moment. And when it ends, just like the game ends, it all goes back into the box. Every last piece of it. You take none of it with you when you go. And so no matter how hard you work and how much you can acquire and how much you can gain for yourself and how much you can build up around you, in the very moment that this life is over, it all goes back in the box, every last piece, and you take nothing with you when you leave this world. And so Jesus says, they heard the word of God, the message of God. They received the word of God. But it didn't grow. It was choked out by life's cares and life's riches and life's pleasures. You understand what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying they had a list. They just got their list in the wrong order. It's not that they didn't have a list. Everybody has a list. It's just that somehow they got their list out of order. And they never grew in their faith. I don't, I don't know if a moment ago you felt like you heard your own story in that parable. I, I don't know if when I read the scripture a moment ago, you said, that's, that's me. I, I'm like the seed that fell on the path. Or I'm, I'm like the seed that fell on the rocks. Or I'm like the seed that fell among the thorns. Or I'm like the seed that fell on the good. I, I don't know if, if somewhere in that story you, you said to yourself, yeah, Pesrick, that's me. I mean, when you said that, I, I, I think I kind of got a hold of that. that that's my life. 
Once in a while in, in, in my life, I, I meet people and sometimes people bring people to me. You know, it's the kind of thing of, well, maybe you should talk to our pastor. And so I sit down and I have a conversation or sometimes it's, it's standing in, a, in an aisle with, with somebody on Sunday morning when a service is over. Not long ago, a, a couple came to my church and they brought with them a, a neighbor, a very nice guy. And so we stood there and talked for a minute. And I said, it's great to meet you. My name's Rick. He told me his name. And somewhere along the conversation, he just said to me, I don't, I don't believe I'm not a believer. I said, are, are you saying you're, you're not a Christian or you, or you don't believe? No, he says, I'm, I don't believe. And so we talked for a long time. And I said, well, I'll, I'll challenge you. Would, you. would you consider coming back again? And he goes, I'll come back. My neighbors want me to come back. My wife wants me to come back. I'll come back. So the next Sunday he came back. And the next Sunday he came back. We began to build some friendship together. And I just got to give it up to the guy because he was at least saying, I'll listen to what you have to say. I'll look at a Bible some. I'll think about what you're saying. But very honestly, he was just saying to me, hey, I'm not a believer. I don't believe. And so Jesus said that seed that's sown along the path. That, that represents the person who doesn't believe. It's not they've never heard the word. They've heard the word. They just did not believe. Once, once in a while, once in a while, I'll get in a situation where that maybe I have the opportunity of, of praying with somebody to become Christian. I'll, I'll actually have the chance to say, well, you pray this prayer with me and you repeat these words if you really mean them in your heart. And I know that Jesus will hear you and he will... He will forgive you of your sin. And, and so they're all excited about this new found faith and this new life they have. But becoming involved in the study of the Word of God just never becomes important. Or even spending time ever in prayer is not something they ever grab hold of. Or becoming a part of a group of people to grow in their faith together is not something they ever really get a hold of. And, and so there's no real root. It never really takes root. There's no, there's no real depth. There was this experience back there, but they don't add anything to it. And they fall away. And, and Jesus says, the seed that fell on the rock, the rocky soil, that represents that individual who, who never really got any root to their faith. I can't tell you how many times I've stood with people and they've talked to me about this zeal. I've got this zeal. I, I mean, I want to grow in my faith. I mean I, I want, I mean, I love it when I come here. I mean, something happens to me. I sit there and cry like through half the service. Pastor, I just want to, I want to grow more. I mean, I want to get more on board. But, but, but I just know that there's so many other things in their lives that they love just as much. And they are so busy. And they've got so much other stuff that's happening and going on. And they're so given to their time and energy and other things. And they love these other things so much. That sometimes I walk away shaking my head saying, I don't know that they'll ever really mature in their faith. Because there's so many other things they love so much more. And then once in a while... Like last night, Annette and I drive away from dinner with some people. And I just say to her, man, those people love God so much, Annette. It's just in their hearts to serve and give and do, you know. And Jesus said, yeah, that represents the ones that fell on the good soil. The fertile soil.
Did you, did you see yourself in the story? One of those categories represent you? Is there anybody that can say I can relate to the whole thorn thing? No, I can relate to the whole path thing. No, I can relate to the rock. Rick, it's not that I don't want to pray, man. You don't, you don't get it. It's not that I don't think reading my Bible would be a really good thing. Or it's not that I don't think meeting with a group of other Christians to, to hold each other accountable and to pray for each other and to study the Word together. It's not that I don't think that's good stuff. It's just that there is no way we would ever fit that into our lives. I mean, we get up in the morning, we drag tired bodies into a shower, we wash them off and we're gone for the day. You don't get it. We don't stop until we lay our bodies back on that bed at night. I mean, our lives are full. We're into so much stuff. And I think what Jesus is saying is that there's an order to this list. We live counter to our culture. Those of us who have chosen to live in a covenant community, honoring God with our lives. And there are just times when we just say, no, it is too much. These are the things that matter and this is the list and this is the order they're in. You know, I struggled yesterday morning in my office and I said, God, I don't want to say this if I shouldn't say it. You know, I, I, don't want, I don't want my motivation to be wrong. I want you to search my heart. If I say this and my motive is wrong or if my heart is not right, these people aren't going to receive these words. I'm just going to push people away. I feel like I should say it. If you say to me, Rick, we love getting here, but we honestly, we only get here maybe once, twice a month at best. Because to be honest with you, the cares and the riches and the pleasures of our life just don't allow us to get to Sunday worship any more often than that. Then I've got to look you in the eye and say to you in love, something is bad, wrong with your list. I know we don't say amen much, but I was hoping for like one brave soul just to kind of raise your chin and put your chest out and say it, but maybe not. Thank you so much. Thank you. I've been thinking about my Morgan. She's on the other side of the world today, and so it kind of, you know, gets your attention some. And um, I was thinking about her Mother's Day out when she was a kid. We lived in a small Tennessee town called Columbia, and she went to this Methodist church for Mother's Day out, and she had a teacher there. Her name was Miss Marie, but Morgan called her Misery. I had a teacher I called that one time. Her best friend at Mother's Day Out was Hannah, but Morgan only called her Hannah Banana. And I remember one day I went to pick up Morgan and she says, Dad, watch. 
This is Hannah. Oh, I've heard a lot about Hannah. Watch, Dad. And she reaches around and she says, we can pick each other up. She puts her arms around Hannah and Hannah just stands there looking at me with a smile. And Morgan lifts her off the ground, you know. And then, and then Hannah reaches and grabs Morgan and lifts Morgan off the ground, you know. You think, you think you would struggle if, like, after church you came down to say something to me and I just got my arms around you and picked you up? <laughs> would it be weird? Or if like you brought your neighbor for the first time and you introduced me to them and I said, this is your neighbor? No way. And I just reached and grabbed them and just got them off the ground pretty good. I got a feeling after a little while of that, a committee would be formed. And they would eventually approach me and say, you know, we called you here to be our pastor, but you got to quit picking people up. I mean, some of the men in the church, you're picking up their wives and it's getting awkward, man. You got to... Stop doing that stuff. And I think probably along the way, somebody would say, Pastor Rick, you got to grow up. Kids do that. It's interesting to me that when Jesus gives us this parable, that's the motivation. They heard the word of God, but it was choked out by life's cares and riches and pleasures. And it did not mature. More correctly, the Greek word teleos, you will never become what God has challenged you to become or intended you to become if you don't get the list right. You will never grow as a Christian, you won't mature. You've got to go to work on the list. You've got to get it in the right order. You ever, you ever get amazed by people's list? I remember I was in a market in Kentucky. That's my home state, you know, which explains a lot. And this guy in front of me walks up to the counter and he sets down one bottle, a red dog, long neck bottle of beer, and he says to the cashier, oh yeah, and I need $2 worth of gas. I was just like, are you serious? I think he was thinking, if I can just get home and drink this beer, I'm going to be okay. If I can just get to my house. I wanted to say, buddy, hey, buy $4 worth of gas. You need transportation. But you know what he told me that day without even talking? To, he told me a whole lot about his list. And he told me a whole lot about what order the list was in. Do you remember this one day these people come to Jesus and they say, could we please talk about the list? And Jesus says, are you serious? You want to talk about the list? And they say, yes. We want, they say, yes, we want to talk about the list. They, Jesus says, okay, then we'll talk about the list. And you remember what they said? Of all the commandments, Jesus, which one is the greatest? Jesus says, wow, you really are wanting to talk about the list, aren't you? Yep, we want to talk about the list. Of all the commandments, which is the greatest? Which one should be on top? What's number one? What goes first? And Jesus says, okay, I'll give you the list. Number one, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. 
That's the first thing on the list. You want to know what number one is on the list? That's number one. And Jesus says, just for, just for more information, you want to know number two is? Number two, love your neighbor like you love yourself. There, we've talked about the list. It always interests me that he doesn't say what number three is. Or number four. It kind of seems like to me he's saying, God's important, people are important. I'm not going to put anything else on the list. God matters, people matter. And I think maybe he kind of helped us understand that when he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all of this other stuff, number three, four, five, six, seven, eight, all of that will fall into place. I think what he was really saying is you can keep the thunder on the list. So when I was a junior high teen, a guy named Harry Chapin recorded a song called The Cats in the Cradle. I would hate to ask in this crowd, how many of you know that song? Probably not a lot of you. A lot of the first service people knew it. (laughs) He recorded in 1974. How many of you were not born in 1974? I know. I feel old. And so it's not a Christian song. Don't, don't misunderstand me, okay? This is not like a song we sing in church ever, ever. But we're going to sing it today, and I'm using it as an illustration, like I use illustrations in my sermon stories, okay? So don't write me bad emails this week. It's just an illustration. But, but I think that it will help us think about the list and the order that it's in. And so I never thought I would stand on Sunday morning and ask the Holy Spirit to speak through the words of Harry Chapman, but I think I'm going to do that right now, okay? So, Father, I do pray that you will speak through this song and help us to really think hard about our list. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my child arrived just the other day Came into the world in the usual way But there were planes to catch, there were bills to pay He learned to walk while I was away And he was talking for a new it And as he grew, he said I'm gonna be like you, Dad You know I'm gonna be like you Well, the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon Little boy blue and the man in the moon When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when But we'll get together then You know we'll have a good time then Well, my 
the sun turned tan just the other day He said, thanks for the ball, Dad, come on, let's play Will you teach me to throw? I said, not today, I got a lot to do He said, that's okay Then he walked away, but a smile never dimmed He said, I'm gonna be like him Yeah, you know I'm gonna be like him Well, the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon Little boy blue and the man in the moon When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when We'll get together then You know we'll have a good time then Well, he came from college just the other day Looked so much like a man I just had to say Son, I'm proud of you, can you sit for a while? He shook his head and no, as he said with a smile What I'd really like, Dad, is to borrow the car keys See you later, can I have them, please? Well, the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon Little boy blue and the man in the moon when you're coming home, son, I don't know when But we'll get together then We're gonna have a good time then Well, I've long since retired, my son moved away I called him out just the other day I said I'd like to see you son if you don't mind He said I'd love to dad if I could find the time You see my new job's a hassle and the kids have the flu But it's sure nice talking to you dad It's been sure nice talking to you And as I hung up the phone it occurred to me He'd grown up just like me My boy was just like me Well, the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon The little boy blue and a man in the moon When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when But we'll get together then You know we'll have a good time then We're gonna have a good time then You understand, I'm not asking you this morning if you have a list. Everybody has a list. What I'm simply asking you, and what I think the message of the parable as it refers to the seed among the thorns, is simply this. Is your list in the right order? That's, that's the question. I thought I'd ask you to stand with me and we would end our time together praying together. So I want you to know that this morning you could, you could come forward, you could kneel at these altars that are here and you could ask to be forgiven of sin. You could become a follower of Christ today. And you're welcome to do that. If, if you need prayer for healing this morning, you can come this morning and you can just get 
my attention or Kyle or Mikkel or whoever, and we'd be glad to anoint you and pray for your healing this morning. If maybe this morning in the message God has spoken to you and you you say, Rick, my list is it's out of order. You can pray about that today. Um, I, I thought maybe being the kind of Sunday it is, um, if you want to get together with friends and pray this morning, or if you want to get together with family and pray this morning, you could. I think the way that our seats are configured, it would be easy enough just to kind of gather hands with a circle of people around you if you choose to do that. Or maybe you want to go to where a friend is or where a family member is. So let's bow our heads together. And in these next few moments, um, whatever works best for you, let's take some time together to pray, okay? You know, Father, I, I, I'm not at all... Um, Surprised that when we read these words about your word being choked out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life, we understand how easy that is to happen. We all struggle with it. We, we live in this society, Lord, and we function among people whose values are not like ours. We, we seek to leave, live counter, Lord, to this culture. And so even though there's times we realize, well, this is just the way it is today, and this is just the way people are, and this is just the way they live, it doesn't mean that we choose to live like that. We live by list. And we want to get our list in the right order. And we want God to you, for you to always be number one on that list of what matters to us. We always want others, family, friends to be on that list in second place. On, On a day when we celebrate the lives of the people that we love so much. It's, it's good for us, Father, to pause and pray and think long and hard and be honest about our own list, our priorities, the things that matter, the things that are important. And so, Lord, we're praying for grace today. we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you want to come down and pray, you're welcome. Or if you want to linger and pray, if you're here, feel free. And if you're ready to go today, you can just leave quietly. I hope you have a great day. God bless you. Thanks for coming. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.